Welcome to Ignite Your Business radio show. Light the match, throw some gasoline on, and buckle up because we're about to take your business to the next level. I'm your host, Josh Wilhelm. You might be asking yourself, who is this Josh guy? What gives him the right to talk with all these successful business owners? Well, I am the founder of a design and marketing agency in Southern California for the last 23 years, and I simply get fired up when I talk with small and medium-sized business owners about their journey. So let's get right to it. Today, we are going to start off by going over Greek philosophy. And I really hope you guys have dusted off your brains and memory when it comes to Greek philosophy. But no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're going to talk about the English word that comes from two Greek words, though. The origin of the word chiropractic translates to mean done by hand. Additionally, the word doctor means to teach. Although the Greek language is one of the oldest language in modern civilization, chiropractic care was not formally introduced until the late 1890s. David Daniel Palmer is considered the founder of chiropractic profession because he is the first person, on record that is, to intentionally manipulate the spine to achieve certain results. He claims to have restored the hearing of a deaf man through spinal adjustments. Chiropractors help their patients realign their vertebrae in the spine and make sure the whole body is in the correct alignment. It sounds like a simple concept, right? Correct alignment. But in reality, it is so much more than the untrained eye can even comprehend. I don't know how many of our listeners have been in the chiropractor office, uh, but it's truly relaxing to be adjusted properly. According to a recent report on U.S. industry trends, chiropractic care is the largest field in alternative medicine. It's only going to continue to grow, so chiropractors are ready to adjust to meet growing demands. However, it is a very personal experience, and patients need to be comfortable with their doctor. Our guest today is one of the most personal doctors that I have ever had the pleasure of encountering and meeting. The Ignite Your Business radio show is proud to introduce Dr. Tara Rasta. Before we dive into the questions that everyone's wanting to know, let's talk a little bit about Dr. Tara's background. So she's a graduate of UCLA and Southern California University of Health Sciences. Now, we don't hold that against her here on Ignite Your Business radio show, simply because we are a USC uh, family and fan club over here, but we won't hold that against her. <laughs> so she received her doctorate of chiropractic in 2017 and has been practicing ever since. Dr. Rasta has an active social media presence that she uses to help not only her patients, but the world. She may be the most hip chiropractor that I know, and my apologies for the corny jokes, but I just had to throw it in there. So thank you uh, for bearing with me on that one. All right, Dr. Rasa, it's a great pleasure to have you on the show with us today, and welcome. Thank you so much, Josh. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. All right, so let's dive right into it. So tell us first about yourself and what you do. Well, I am a doctor of chiropractic. I graduated 2017, and I wanted to do something really different because I like to do unique things. And uh, in the beginning, I was not sure what path I was going to choose, if I was going to do the traditional chiropractic of 
you know, adjusting people. And then after a while of adjusting people, I realized that it wasn't really my thing and I needed something more. I really wanted to do something that create big transformations in people. So I found a technique called network spinal analysis. And now I combine that with multiple different types of techniques, such as sound therapy, DNA analysis, blood chemistry analysis, functional medicine as a whole. And now I feel like I am truly creating that transformation for people and helping them achieve the results that they want. I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, that uh, if you were to ask me to recite that all over again, that was a mouthful and you use very large words. So I'm going to have to look those words up a little bit later, but thank you for sharing that. So could you tell us a little bit more about starting your own clinic? Yes. So after working for another chiropractor for a while, it was very hard to uh, meet the ends. I mean, at the end of the month, paying all the bills and uh, working for somebody else. And I had big dreams when I started. I wanted to have a big clinic. Uh, one of my goal in life was that to make money while I was sleeping and uh, not to have to work for my money. Like I don't, I don't want my time to be working uh, to be the only way that I made money. So while I was working for the chiropractor, uh, it was a great experience. I learned a lot, but at the same time, I just felt very limited because again, I had to practice the way he wanted me to practice. It was his office and I was making very little money per hour. And uh, my soul just felt that it was contracting and I, I just didn't feel like I was expanding. And for me, that's really important in life. So um, my fiance at a time, he just kept telling me, he's like, just start your own practice, start your own practice. And I just was so scared. I, I, you know, I'm like, I'm going to get a place. I'm going to have all this overhead. How am I going to build something out of nothing? But with his constant push, um, I finally was able to rent a small room in a spiritual center. What kept me going is being consistent, providing the best care that I could and being very creative with the way I approach people, because I think creativity has a lot to do with how you can make money. Uh, while you're not working and also providing an amazing service that people will refer to other their friends and family. Hmm. Okay. So I, I'm hoping that your your boyfriend or fiance at the time that he, he kind of helped, uh, I guess you would say, put his money where his mouth was and so helped you out a little bit with getting started with the business, hopefully, because he pushed you. So I, I figure it's only right for him to then contribute in other ways to helping you get started with the business? Yeah, my husband now. He's my husband now. Um, yes, he helped me a great deal. He actually was the first person who gave me a loan to get us started with uh, one of the technologies that I wanted to buy. I bought a vibroacoustic bed and I wanted to buy something that helps people. But at the same time, I wasn't doing the work. And what was amazing, he helped me with $9,000 and I was able to pay him back within a couple of weeks uh, because the, the machine basically made all of the money and more. It's still, I still use it today. People love using it. Uh, and it has created different streams of income for me. Not only I'm able to provide a service to people, but also a lot of people buy the device for their home care. And then again, I make commissions by selling the devices to other chiropractors or other clients. So it was one of the best investments uh, that we started in the beginning. And then it really just pushed me into the direction that if I want to not just work with my time, then I would need other technologies. And you know, today is the age of technology. There's so many things that uh, we can use to enhance our health. So today I use a pulse electromagnetic device, which helps people uh, enhance their blood 
circulation. It opens up all the capillaries and all the arteries and it allows blood to flow. Mm. As a result, the heart rate decreases because the heart doesn't have to work so hard to pump the blood and the body starts to uh, get more oxygen and uh, there, you know, a lot of healing happens. It's really great for pain, but also it's really great for um, just making sure that all of your body is receiving nutrients through the blood. So that's pulse electromagnetic therapy. I have infrared sauna. I mean, there is just different list of services that I was able to bring in and uh, have them have the technology work for me instead of me working for. Okay. So for someone listening that may not know the difference between alternative and traditional medicine, what would you tell them is the difference and even maybe the pros and the cons between the two? I would say alternative medicine is creative medicine because when we are dealing with different people, we've got to be creative. We got to get them first excited about the lifestyle changes that they have to do. And we have to figure out what is the root cause of their problem. So I believe that with traditional medicine, um, I believe it's more for acute care. So if I break my hand, I can't go to a chiropractor. I would need to go to a traditional medicine, uh, get a surgery done or get it put back together. But traditional medicine is, I believe, with, it's more for acute care, acute injuries. So something that happens right away, it's a big injury, uh, whether you're breaking something or something explodes in the body, the pancreas um, uh, breaks down or you need a surgery right away. And it, a lot of times traditional medicine addresses symptoms. So you have a thyroid issue, you get a thyroid medicine, you have a headache, you get some kind of medicine. But with alternative medicine, we go a little bit deeper into what is the root cause of the issue. So if somebody has a thyroid problem and they come to me, I'm going to run uh, a blood work for them. But the blood work doesn't just check for thyroid, it also checks to see if there is any autoimmunity. Is the body attacking itself? Why is this person having an autoimmune disease? And then we ask them, you know, what are you eating? What's your lifestyle? And a lot of times, let's say that somebody is vegan. And then I'm going to ask them, well, let's do your DNA analysis and let's see if your body, if you're based on your genetic makeup, you're supposed to be vegan. I, I, I admire a lot of people who have chosen that route because I think that's beautiful and that's noble. But a lot of times it doesn't work for their body. So by looking at the DNA analysis, we can we can see if somebody is supposed to eat meat or more vegetables, what are they eating? Maybe there's something they're eating that they think it's healthy for them, but it's actually causing more damage because the body doesn't have the enzymes to digest that. So but with alternative medicine, it's all about going deeper and deeper and uh, finding the root cause of the problem. Got it. Okay. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. That uh, clears it up a little bit more because I think a lot of people uh, have been just trained from birth in a lot of ways to see traditional medicine as the end all be all that that is the solution for everything. And a reality is everyone's different. Everybody's different. Just like you talk about with the DNA. Uh, not all of our DNA is the same. It, we share similarities with relatives and things like that that get passed on, good and bad. But uh, it's interesting to hear it that way that it's, you know, uh, it sounds like even with the custom approach that you take, uh, that it helps the individual on their particular issues, like we're talking about with the uniqueness of the DNA. And whereas traditional medicine is maybe kind of taking care of the symptoms more so than the root of the problem. So, 
All right. Well, we've just lit the match in our conversation with Dr. Tara Rasta, so don't go anywhere. When we come back from this short break, we're going to talk about the challenges behind starting a very successful medical practice and the challenges that go with it. Welcome back to Ignite Your Business radio show. We're here speaking with Dr. Rasta from Connect Wellness. So Dr. Rasta, I imagine that there may have been some challenges in starting a business in the medical field. You are the, and I I apologize, there are a ton of of puns I'm going to throw at you today because it's just, it's too easy. I mean, you, you got dealing with the back, the spine, everything. So uh, you are the backbone of your company and need to lead your clinic well. I'm sure that you've learned some business survival tips and tricks along the way, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about your journey as an entrepreneur. So while researching your business more, I noticed that your clinic and office are open at very unique times and not the normal nine to five that you would expect from most medical professionals and offices for that matter. Why did you decide to do this differently? I did. Uh, I decided to do this differently because I wanted to honor my own biorhythms. So I like to have my mornings to myself. Uh, I do wake up early, but I don't like to start working right at 9 a.m. That would be too much for me. So I like to start my work around 11 a.m. And I usually take the other time in the morning to walk my dog, exercise, have a nice breakfast, do a little reading. And then I tend to stay a little bit longer. And that's because usually I feel more energized towards the evening. So I, by honoring my own biorhythms, I'm able to show up for my patients uh, in a more energetic way so that I could handle everything that happens in the office. Uh, it just, it was just to honor myself and what would, what, uh, helped me feel more energized and more at peace. Well, and it's like that philosophy and I bring it up multiple times in our previous episodes and guests that we've talked with, but it always reminds me when using that terminology about, you know, helping yourself It's kind of the correlation between getting on the plane and getting the oxygen before you're actually able to help others. So in your case, your time that you have in the morning is your oxygen. It's it's what you take in in order to then be able to give back and help out others even more so by having that special time in the morning for yourself. So I it's unique because you don't normally hear about business owners that are saying, you know what, look, I have to put myself first. You know, I've got to put my own health in this case for you putting your own health first before even helping others, oftentimes the business owners think that, well, no, I've got to give it my all. And I think the thing to realize here is you're not saying I'm not giving my all. In fact, I'm able to give even more because I am able to take care of myself in the morning. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, Network spinal analysis is described as small rocking motions. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that exactly works? Yes, network spinal analysis was developed by Dr. Donnie Epstein. He's still alive. He's the person who developed this work. And the reason it's called network spinal analysis, the term network comes from the fact that he studied all these different types of chiropractic techniques and he kind of put it together. And one of the things that he noticed is that when he went to specific parts of the spine, the person on the table started to have this wave-like motion in their spine. And that was that's when he it got him started and curious to know what was this all about? So what happens is that we go through different parts of the spine uh, in a specific order and in a particular area and through 
different types of breath work and through this going into different parts of the spine, the body starts to uh, have this energetic wave of breath to go through the spine. And as this happens more often, the person actually starts to experience a spontaneous movement that allows for the tension in the body to be released. So instead of me adjusting the person on the table, which I believe is a bit disempowering because they rely on me to receive something, they are able to be self-adjusted by the simple movement of their own spine and also by their own breath work and the work that they're putting in their body. So I believe this technique is very empowering because they don't need me for, to do something for them. They are the one doing the work. I'm there to guide them. I'm there to hold space for them. But I believe it's very empowering in a sense that a lot of times we feel like we need a doctor to save us. We need somebody to save us versus for me, it's all about uh, my patients becoming their own heroes and saving themselves and creating a new way for them to be. Hmm. Interesting. All right. So I'm sure there are aspects of running a business that you've had to learn along the way. Uh, I, I've learned that uh, although you spent a lot of time in school as doctors and medical professionals, as the same thing with lawyers, that I think a lot of us assume that you just come walking out the door with your, uh, you know, graduate papers in hand and also the knowledge of how to run a successful business. Uh, that obviously is is not the case in in most situations. Uh, but with that, can you tell us about the business side of running a medical practice? and what you had to kind of learn along the way in this approach? The first thing that I needed to learn was that not everybody's my patient and to actually target my own audience because I realized that I'm building a tribe, I'm building a family over here, and I want everybody who comes here to energize me and in return for me to energize them. And that was really important for me because in the beginning, you know, you're in this mindset that everybody who has a spine should be your patient. But that's right. not necessarily true because I need a certain type of people with a certain type of mindset that will really benefit from my business. And the people who I attract are the people who are already healthy, who want to be healthier, who want more out of life, who want to experience something deeper, who want to go deeper into life. Um, and they're not going to rely on me for their healing. They are already active individuals who are going to take care of their health. So that was the number one thing that I needed to learn. The second thing was um, in school, we learned that location was super important. If you wanted to make money, you have to be in a very uh, wealthy area. And I learned that that's not true. If you provide good service, people spend their money for what they value. So if they are feeling better, they will get the money no matter what and come see you and use your services. So that was another thing that I needed to learn. When I first started, uh, one of my uh, initial chiropractors that I worked for, she said that the chiropractic business was so bad that I needed to sell essential oils in order to survive. And that was probably one of the biggest lies I've ever heard, even though I believed her at the time. And at the time, I was starting to sell a lot of oils. And now I look back and I just see that it was it was her, it was her experience. That's not true. There's so many ways to make money. There's so many ways to be, uh, to be successful. But the number one thing is you need to be really, really good at what you do and get people's results. So what became really important from the beginning was it didn't matter how many people I served. It mattered the quality of the service I gave them because it, it, they are the one who are becoming my fans and they are the one who became my referrals. The other thing was becoming very creative in the way I targeted my clients. So, you know, in the beginning, I was thinking, where do I go to find my people? Where are these people located? And um, I thought, 
I wanted to go to a festival because festival is like where people are feeling really happy and, you know, they're in a good mood and they're, you know, they're, they're outside, they're outdoor. And uh, I went, I chose an avocado festival for the first thing that I went. And it was really interesting because I, there was no other chiropractor there. So I had no competition there, even though I believe that there is no competition in my field. Um, and it was just me and a bunch of people who sold avocado, but I gained a lot of my clients and my patients through that avocado festival. And it made sense because people who like avocado tend to be healthy. So then again, people who were at that festival and cared about avocado trees were people who cared about their health. So that was my first start of getting clients. Uh, the other thing that became important was being able to publicly speak in a short amount of time, but attracting a lot of people, uh, getting people curious about what it is that they do, you do, and also being able to deliver what you do in a way that becomes someone's need. It becomes the the client's needs so that was really that was really great as well and um another thing that that was really helpful is creating passive ways of uh, making money and not only just relying on your service to be the, the thing that made money for you because COVID hit and if i didn't have the passive ways that i'm making income i would literally have no income because i did close down for two weeks even though i didn't need to but I just couldn't get my hands on any mask or any sanitizers or anything. Mm -hmm. So then through selling the medical devices and through selling the supplements and through all these other ways that I have, you know, created these passive ways of people just buying things when I'm not there, I was able to create income. So I think that's one of the most important things that I want our audience to listen to. Don't have just one way of making money, have multiple ways of making money. Even if you don't have to, you know, you don't have to give it so much time. You can focus on the one thing that's your passion. For me, it's my NetFocus Final Analysis technique. I'm always learning. I still go to seminars. That's my passion. But there's all these other things that I have built for myself so that when I'm not working, they are working for me. And I think that's one of the most important things that I wanted to achieve from the beginning was to be able to make money while I sleep. And I think I'm, I'm almost there. I've, my, I recently made one of my my cells while I was sleeping and I was just so excited because that has been a lifelong goal for me. Awesome. So it sounds like your first initial approach when trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to get patients for my business? And, and even before that you learned, okay, I taking advice from others, which is typically most of our approaches, we're going to go through life and say, let's look towards those that we deem successful in whatever area it is of the life that we're trying to emulate. And we, we look to those for encouragement and advice and suggestions of how maybe to avoid going through some of those stumbling blocks that maybe they've already learned. And uh, that's a whole reason for this show is being able to share your words of wisdom, what you went through, successful or not, challenges maybe even that you went through. So learning very quickly for yourself that, hey, just because you know, another chiropractor that I was working with and looked up to as a mentor said that, hey, the only way that you're going to be able to kind of supplement your income is by selling oils and other things that you quickly realize that, no, that's not true. And, you know, my practice is maybe a little bit different than uh, the other doctor's practice. So you changed your model, just like you, your approach for your patients is unique. You took a unique approach for your business as well. Uh, but also on that too that you mentioned was you're going through the the business and trying to figure out okay how am i going to find patients 
And again, you looked outside of the normal maybe strategy that most chiropractors would do. And you kind of honed in on looking at what, who's my target audience. Once you've established that, then you're then working backwards, go, okay, now that I know my target audience is this, someone that generally is living a pretty healthy lifestyle already, uh, would be more keen on this approach of the medical procedures and, uh, the way of medicine, the holistic medicine versus more traditional, you then funneled in and focused on, you know, these, this event going on for avocado, uh, industry. So I, I think it's a very unique approach that you took and smart on you for being able to, uh, pick up very quickly on marketing that it takes people a long time to learn that for small businesses. A lot of them see that every single customer out there, every single client out there is theirs to, for the, ta- for the taking and the picking. Uh, but for you, you figured out, no, I, not every single person is an ideal fit for me in my, my practice. So hats off to you. That, that takes a lot of time and maturity for business owners to come to that realization. You know, they're oftentimes enticed by the money and the potential of it from the customer base and client base that it takes them off track of really where they need to be very specific and, and be trained to be focused. So well done to you on that. All right, so skeptics might hear that you have a holistic approach uh, to medicine and debate the holistic doctors or not real doctors. Uh, what would you say to someone who said that to you? I would say that the term doctor means to teach. And what I do is to, I teach people how to live a better, better life. I figure out what it may be causing their issue. And then I teach them how they can overcome that. So if I if you're saying that I'm a teacher and I'm not a real teacher, then then that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, in the beginning, it would break my heart when I would hear that because I went to school and I did eight years of practice, eight years of studying. And and this is something that you hear often, like you're not a real doctor, you're just a chiropractor. Today, it's just funny to me when somebody says that to me, it does not offend me. It does not change anything inside of me because today I have so many fans. I've treated so many patients. I've seen so many miracles. Uh, I've got so many people off their medications uh, by just changing all of their blood chemistry. And I feel so confident in what I'm able to do that that statement really doesn't do anything for me. Because for me, it's about giving my energy to the people who believe in me rather than focusing into the people who don't believe in me. Because at the end of the day, they're not my ideal clients anyway. So why waste time into trying to uh, convince them otherwise? Absolutely. Yeah. The haters out there in the world, you're not going to change their mind. Or if you do, it's not going to be in the traditional sense of having a debate. Uh, Oftentimes, those are people that are closed minded and they don't want to hear anything other than what they believe or what they think is right. And, you know, in in fairness, it's their opinion. Everyone's allowed to have an opinion. Uh, So but the fact of the matter is you you realize that, hey, not everyone, like we talked about, is going to be the the perfect client for you. But as you built up your fan base, probably started with your fiance being your biggest cheerleader in the very beginning and continuing to encourage you to stick with it and keep going on those days that you're like, oh, this is hard. I feel like I, the world is against me is oftentimes what small business owners feel like when you're first getting started. But as you do build up your your fan base, your your clients, your customers, uh, that quickly encourages you even more that you are on the right path. You are doing the right thing and stick with it. So well done. Well done. 
All right. When we come back to uh, when we come back with our guest, Dr. Rossa, we're going to fan the flame and learning more about her plans for the future of her company and more. Do not go anywhere. And we're back with Dr. Tara Rasta from Connect Wellness. Uh, before the break, we were talking about what you have learned so far about opening up your own medical practice. This goal is a lofty enough, and just by itself, it's lofty enough. But we also know that you have dreams to grow your business even further. Let's hear more about the future of network spinal analysis with Dr. Rasta. From a business perspective, why do you offer group consultations? I've never heard of any medical practice doing group uh, sessions like you do. And I would really like to hear more about how that goes about. Uh, they're actually not group consultations. They are group treatments. And that was okay. pre-COVID. So post-COVID is a little bit different. We're actually not doing that for now. But basically what was happening was that we had this treatment room. And the first two sessions where people came in, they received individual sessions. And then on the second session, they have a choice if they want to be with other people in their room while they're receiving their treatments. And that means that they're all breathing together. Their spine is moving together. They're experiencing each other's energy as they're receiving their treatment. And a lot of people were, they liked that. Some people, it was the minority of people who didn't want to be in group treatments. The majority of people liked to be in a group treatment because hearing somebody else's breathing uh, helped them focus on their own breathing. Hearing somebody else crying, it allowed them to open up and allow their, those feelings to come up and those emotions to be released. So in that sense, it was very, very powerful. And people like to do things in groups. There is something in groups that amplifies the energy in the room. It amplifies what they're feeling. They feel like they belong into a communi community. <clears throat> Sorry. So that was the reason that I like to do that. I started to do things in a group, but now uh, I'm not doing that anymore until, until we can figure out a, a better way to either put the tables far apart where they can be part of a group or not. All right. So you go from this experience in the group settings and group uh, therapy, I guess in some ways, or group healing even, uh, is probably a better way to describe it. Uh, that's post or pre-COVID, I should say, uh, with now being post or current COVID, <laughs> uh, still going through it, obviously. But uh, that said, what are you having to do differently with your practice when it sounds like a lot of individuals were having and preferring to go in that, that group setting? How are you doing it now with them? So once the COVID hit and I realized that I have to do my business differently, I expanded the office. And by expanding the office, I had all these different rooms. So now instead of people all being in one room, they're kind of distributed in different rooms and they're doing different things. So I brought in a technology of infrared sauna. I brought the pulse electromagnetic therapy. There is an exercise room that they're doing. So now I'm having them do different things still at the same time in the office but they're like rotating and people are spending a little bit more money because they're using the technologies. Um, so that's making up for the fact that I'm not able to see everybody at the same time. So it's just, I'm still, my business is still doing the same or even better, but I just had to change the model of the business because the old model was no longer working with the current reality. 
Got it. All right. And I noticed that you are very heavy on social media. Um, how has that impacted your business? And how do you think other small business owners can benefit from an active social media uh, presence? I believe the social media is really, really important. And it's really important to outsource that if you don't know what you're doing. And that was my my life for the first two years I had my business, I truly had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know that there's all these apps where you can figure out, you know, what to post, what not to post, who's following you, who's not following you. And I was just posting and I was putting so much time into my social media and it wasn't working. I was wasting my time. So finally, once the COVID situation happened and again, like it was all about, okay, now I don't get my I really need to get my clients online because most people are online. I'm not able to go to my networking meetings. I'm not able to go to my Toastmaster to all these things that I was doing before I was getting clients. So now the focus became social media and I hired a team called Vita Studio and uh, they are working for me uh, virtually and they started to get my social media going. And I have been able to save so much time by not being on my social media and my social media has gotten so much better and what was really interesting was a lot of my followers were not even seeing my posts. So a lot of my previous followers who were friends, who I've met in different different networking groups have been patients because now they're seeing my posts and they're being reminded of me. So what's really important for business owners out there, you they, people have to see your face. People have to see what you're up to. People want to know what you're up to personally, not just in a business aspect, but also they want to see your selfies. So even though I don't like to be on social media, I try not to spend not to spend as much time as I can on screen time, but I still take pictures and I just send it to my social media team and they are the ones who are taking care of it. But I can say with confidence that within the past couple of weeks, I got six new clients just through social media and that's been really amazing. So I highly recommend anybody who has a business to hire a third party who knows what they're doing to handle their social media because it's it's worth it. Absolutely. Well, you you hit on a very, very wise point, which is, you know, the modern day, a lot of business owners have been successful over the years because of word of mouth marketing, the spreading of good and in some cases bad information about businesses where businesses that don't care about their customers, it's going to spread quickly through uh, the different circles of customers that you are interacting with. In your particular case, that uh, you're continuing on that uh, strategy of communicating through circles and networks, as they're referred to, but you're doing it in the digital age, where a lot of people go, no, networking and, and rubbing elbows and, and handshaking and talking to people in person. Well, you could argue that you might be correct. However, COVID has put a stop to a lot of that. And so what are you going to do? You're just going to lay down and kind of let your business die, or are you going to find another strategy to go about still implementing the same process that you're going through a networking? You're just doing a little bit different. Yes. You're not able to do it physically, you know, sharing the same oxygen in a room together and shaking hands physically, but you're able to interact and still share experiences, share the story, share the you know, the, the highs, the lows of a business. And like you said, even the personal side of you, a lot of business owners, I think, struggle with going, Hey, my personal life is my personal life. My business life is my business life. And they want to draw a line down the, the middle of it and say, this is one and this is another. So I can compartmentalize. 
And from what I'm hearing from you, it's not that you're you're saying here's you know, this is not the Kardashians life where you're saying, let me take you into the bathroom with me. It's like, no, you still have your division of personal life and work life, but you're bringing in certain components that give the human side of you, not just the this is me as a business. This is me as a doctor. Let me also bring in a little bit of my personal life so that, you know, I'm not a machine. I, I'm a human being as well, just like everybody else that I see in that I, I have as patients. So I think that's important to point out for a lot of people that are maybe stuck in kind of the old traditional thinking, which is social media is a waste of time. It Even you, you've come up with a solution of saying, look, I have learned and I need for myself to stay away from social media. But that doesn't mean shut it down and not have any kind of social media experience for my business. It means that I'm going to bring someone in that knows what they're doing and is an expert in that. Just like I'm an expert in my area, I need to find someone that's an expert in the other area to help me out. So very wise. I The more I get to talk with you and get to know you, you are a very seasoned business owner because it takes a lot of people a lot of time in order to get where you are in a very short period of time you've been able to figure out quite a bit um, in that that time that your business has started from scratch to being very successful that you are now so hats off to you for for coming as far as you have so on your website you say that functional medicine is not focused on the dis-ease uh, can you describe this term to us and clarify what you mean by that? Um, yes. So usually when we're talking about someone has a disease, then there is always a thought, okay, what medication do they need? Uh, versus functional medicine goes a little bit deeper into what has caused that disease. So uh, in functional medicine, we have different types of diagnostic testing that we do. We can look at someone's blood chemistry analysis and we can look at what's going on with their liver, their kidney, uh, if are they anemic, do they have any infection, then we can go deeper, look at their genetic analysis. What are some genetic mutations that may have been causing this issue? What, do, what nutrients can we so give to this person so that to support those biological processes that are maybe not turning and they're not going the way they need to? Then we can go deeper and look at someone's stool and see uh, what type of bacteria are do they need um, or what type of bacteria is it, or do they have that, that may be harmful? So by just looking at all these different parts, these different types of diagnostic testing, food sensitivity testing, we're really able to eliminate all those things that may be scratching the body. So think about inflammatory foods, think about the bad water, think about the stress as something that's scratching the surface. What happens if I keep scratching my hand? It's going to get red. It's going to start bleeding if I keep going. So with functional medicine, we figure out what are those things, what are those inflammatory things, what are the causes of the scratch, and we remove it. And then we start to support the person's skin with aloe vera and supplements that is going to help the healing. And we tell the person, you got to give this at least eight weeks to three months to let this heal. And then along the way, we're going to support you with different strategies that's going to lower your stress level, that's going to increase your oxygen level, that's going to increase your blood flow. And then the body will heal itself. That's the beauty about the body. The body has an innate intelligence that takes us from a one cell organism into a trillion cell organism. So if we believe in this innate intelligence and we take out anything that's interfering with this intelligence and we support the body, the innate intelligence will heal the body. And that is my approach to healing. Hmm. 
I've, I've never heard it put that way, but you're absolutely right. And it's interesting to hear you put it in the perspective of, you know, your, your body is essentially your best ally in the fight against bad things or harmful things to your body. It actually will repair itself. It will fix itself if you give it the proper time, the proper kind of energizing way of either uh, kind of the therapy that you apply to the outside for the skin or even internally with the chiropractic care that you provide. So uh, I think a lot of people just kind of feel like, well, your body gets to a certain peak and then after it stops growing and you're kind of, it's all downhill from there as they kind of say, but quite the opposite. Yes, the body probably slows down, but it also is still there to function as a healing uh, tool for itself. So very interesting to put it that way. Uh, do you have any advice for medical professionals who are struggling with the business side of things or those who may want to even start and are thinking about starting their own practice? I would just say, just do it. Whatever it is that you need to do, just do it. Do not allow fear to stop you because any, any day that you're not doing what you want to do is a day that you could have done something for your business. And I truly believe that everybody has a unique gift. There are no competition. I truly believe there are no competition. There is an idea of competition, but there are no competition because everybody has such unique gifts. So tap into your own gift and see what, is, what are you really good at and offer that one thing that you're really good at. Also, people love, uh, love someone who, who is personable. People don't want a doctor anymore. The things have changed. I don't want an authoritative figure with a white coat because they're tired of that. They want somebody who truly cares. So if you truly care, if your service is amazing, uh, people will come back to you. So in the beginning, don't, don't be worried about money. Money will come. Think about it as an investment, and that's going to come in about a year. Give yourself about a year. Provide the best service. Even if you have one patient, give your best to that one person. That person knows three other people who may come back to you. And that was my approach the first year where it was kind of slow. I just thought to myself, I'm just going to give the best service that I could to this person. Um, that's one of the biggest things. And also, again, having multiple ways of making money. Um, I started with essential oils. That wasn't making that much money. But even to this day, it's still making me $200 a month that I don't do anything for. You can set things up where it can grow kind of on its own. Yes, if you give it more attention and more energy, it's going to grow bigger. But even if you give it a little attention, it could still trickle down something for you. I believe that it's good to focus on, on your passion, but don't just focus on your passion. Also create other ways of income. Um, there is a lot of myths out there about starting a medical practice. Again, you know, for me, it was uh, somebody said you have to be in a wealthy area. That's not true. People will drive to you from far places if you're really, really good at it. And also get really great at public speaking. It's the best way to find clients. Uh, people want to hear you, get, get um, comfortable being in front of the camera, get comfortable doing the uncomfortable things for your business. And the business is like a baby. In the beginning, it requires a lot of time. It's a lot of attention, a lot of energy, but it will grow. And when you grow, it feels really good to harvest all the hard work that you've put in. No, you're absolutely correct. Uh, you know, business owners have the misconception that whether you're a brick and mortar or you provide a service, it could be anywhere around the world for that matter, uh, just simply opening up your business, opening the doors, let's say to a brick and mortar, just because you do that 
it's kind of like the uh, it's it's not the accurate mantra of the Field of Dreams movie where if you build it, they will come. Uh, just because you build up a business does not mean that they're going to come. They don't know that you even exist in this day and age with so much competition out there, which is healthy. They don't know that you exist. And so you've got to get the word out somehow, some way. So like you're talking about the public speaking and becoming comfortable with it, you're sharing your message. You're sharing what makes you unique. It shares what your practice is doing differently than others and how you can benefit them or more specifically targeting a certain audience and saying, this is how I can help that particular audience. And if you know of somebody please refer them over to me and I'd be happy to talk to them and work with them. So um, I, I think that's an excellent point. And, and kind of, as you said, just the, you got to do it. You got to start. You have to, a lot of entrepreneurs, I consider entrepreneurs uh, the dreamers, but it takes to cross over that threshold of going from dreaming to doing. And as you said, just do it. That's the stepping over that, that invisible line that's the difference between dreaming and thinking and convincing yourself, hey, I can do this, I can be successful, gotta get out there and actually do it. So very insightful words, I appreciate you sharing that. I don't always understand why some people choose to go into specific medical fields, uh, except your field, that one makes sense to me, but I love the relief I feel when I sometimes pop my knuckles, I know it's not a good thing, and I, I kind of cringe for you as you hear me even describing that, because I know for chiropractors, you're like, no, don't, you're not, I understand, you're giving yourself relief, but you're not doing it in the right way. Uh, but I also do it sometimes on my neck and everything else, but I've gotten to the point that, you know, I, I can take a deep breath and it really just, it feels really good. What is your advice to those that are uh, kind of maybe realizing that, oh, this is maybe an option for me to be able to go into and, and get some help uh, from a medical professional versus maybe they're on the fence about it. They're thinking, ah, I don't know. I'm, I'm still not convinced. Here's your last shot, Dr. Tara. Convince them that this is the right approach or even to give it a shot. I would say that your body has an innate wisdom. And when you tap into that innate wisdom, you'll always receive a message. Um, so if you're curious about the work that I do, and if you think this is the right thing for you, just take a deep breath, tap inside your body and just ask your body, is Dr. Tara the one for me? Is this something that I need to do? And you don't need to come to me. There's other people who do this technique, network of spinal analysis. Maybe some find somebody around you uh, who does this technique and just go experience it. If you're somebody who's looking for a different experience, you're looking to enhance your energy, you're looking to have more creativity, you're looking to be more productive, you are looking for more focus, you want to experience more of life, you want to feel more vitality, then this technique and this approach is right for you. If you're somebody who wants to go into the next level, you're ready to feel your potential, you're ready to see what else is there for you to experience in your body, then this is the right technique for you. But at the end of the day, ask your the wisdom that you have inside, ask that inner, innate intelligence and see if this is the right fit for you because everybody is different and they need different things. And if you feel a connection with me, then go ahead and give me a call. We can just have a conversation. Some days I have these things called tea time with Dr. Tara. Just come grab a tea with me 
and let's figure out if we are a good fit together because it's not just about me being a good fit for you, but also the other person has to be a good fit for me. True. So you're talking about when it when it's kind of clicks in a place for them. But when did it click for you for your profession? So I'm sure you at some point you're in school and you're like, okay, I got to decide maybe I want to go into medical, but I got to decide which route I'm going to go. When did it, it, it again, click into place for you that it made sense that this is what I want to do. I want to become a chiropractor and I want to go in this direction for my profession. I have a lot of conversations with God <laughs> and it was through a conversation with God that it all happened. Um, I was actually supposed to go to dental school. I was uh, coming back from USC. I had turned in some of my, uh, some of the things that they required for school and I'm driving back from USC back to my house and I'm having a conversation with God in my car. And I said, God, like, you got to tell me, like, is this the right thing I'm doing? I'm not really feeling it. Uh, if this is the right thing, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy looking at people's mouth all the time. And I'm just like really debating if this was the right fit for me. I had worked really hard to get into dental school, you know, passing the DAT, uh, applying, spending so much money. But yet it just didn't, there's something that didn't feel right for me. And right as I'm talking with God, I have a car who crashes into me and there's like a bunch of crash in the freeway. I hit the person in front of me and somebody hits me from the back and I forget about my conversation with God, get out of the car, (laughs) call the police. And then anyway, through that accident, I had injured my neck. So I went to a chiropractor and during the time that I was going to the chiropractor, I realized that my headaches were stopping. I was feeling happier. I really loved how personable she was. I loved the fact that I was being touched. I love the fact that she cared about me. When I walked into her office, it wasn't like a medical office, but there was all these inspirational quotes on the wall. I received a massage. I mean, for the first time in my life, I said, this is how healing should look like. Like, some, please, somebody touch me. Like, that just feels good to be touched in a loving way, in a safe way, in a professional way. And, and after that, I said, oh, I'm doing the wrong thing going to dental school. This is so much better for my personality because I want to be able to nourish and care for people And at the time she was saying, she was like, don't think chiropractic is easy. Like it took me such a long time to build this practice. But if you're passionate about it, then it would be a good fit for you. So I'm still debating if I should go to chiropractic school or not. And then I have an old friend who calls me up out of nowhere. And he's like, Tara, I'm going to chiropractic school. And I really feel like this would be a good fit for you. Is it okay if I gave your number to a counselor? And this is all happening around the same time. And of course, again, I just feel like it's a sign from God. So I went to the school and uh, this was in December and in January I started my career in chiropractic school and it was interesting because at a time, you know, my family members were like, why are you going to chiropractic school? You just got into dental school. You'll make so much more money in dental school. And it's probably true. I would have made more money in dental school, but I would have been very sad looking at people's teeth. That was definitely not my gift. I do really feel like today I live my purpose. And I think if I were to go to dental school, I would have been living the purpose of making money. Interesting. And that ties into what you had said before, too, is you got to find what you love. And when you find what you love, the money will oftentimes follow you and will come to you uh, when you're you as a business owner, you ooze out your your uh, invisible ooze, if you will into your patients like in your case or or customers or clients they see that you love what you do and it could be anything i mean you could be you know sweeping floors but 
if you show that you love and you truly actually at the heart of it, you love what you do, then people will pick up on that and want to gravitate towards that. Because I'm a firm believer that people are attracted to not only what uh, they see in themselves or, or uh, want to be around, but they're also very much attracted to things that they sometimes don't even realize they're missing in their own life. And so they will gravitate towards those where they're just a beacon out there and attracting in the shadows those business owners or potential business owners or someone saying, look, I really like what you do. You're an awesome person to be around, but I have no desire to start my own business. And that's okay. And not everyone can be a small business owner. You know, some people have to work for others because they don't feel like they're a leader. Uh, but then there's others that lead. So I think that's important to point that out. The correlation that you explained even earlier is it comes through on what you love and what you love to do. You have to follow that. You really do. Otherwise, you will be miserable even if you're working for somebody else. If you're not in an area that you if, if you feel the calling, if you feel it inside, you've got to be able to answer that. So I have very, very insightful words, and I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, well, Dr. Tara, it has been a pleasure to have you here at Ignite Your Business Radio Show. And we have loved hearing about the journey that you've worked through to achieve success in your business, as well as, well as the way you've honed in your skills in helping people throughout the different phases of their life and really being able to figure out alternative approaches for each individual person that works for them. But before we go, I have a couple of burning questions for you. So what's your one five or maybe even 10 year goal for your business in particular? I would like to make the business a franchise. So hopefully have more locations of the similar model of the business where I'm, when I'm offering different types of wellness strategies and wellness technologies. And uh, I would love to expand my passive income of being able to sell medical devices to other doctors or home care devices to patients uh, and I think that's because I love my own time to myself. I love traveling. I love reading. I love learning. And I'm going to, I'm planning for a life where I only have to work part-time or even less than part-time and still be able to have, enjoy my life and do the things that I want to do. So my goal for the next five years is to uh, have more, a couple more offices similar to what I have developed and have hire, hire other people, other chiropractors who will do the similar technique as I do. And then within the next 10 years, expand on selling the medical devices, hopefully then being able to uh, maybe import some from different countries and, mm. be, uh, and be able to sell them on Amazon or different places. Yeah, the, the passive income, as you mentioned even earlier, too, for giving advice to those thinking about getting into the medical world or medical business, I should say, um, and kind of even contemplating it or if they're even in it right now. Uh, that's an important piece that I wanted to bring up again is that you had highlighted the fact that, look, I started actually from the beginning of finding ways to have a passive income. A lot of business owners, especially right now with everything going on with COVID, are being forced to have to bring some other kind of residual or revenue streams in by passive income, like you're saying. And, you know, passive income is one that while you're sleeping, you're, you're generating income. And so a lot of people think about that after the fact. But again, you for your business, you realize very early on that, hey, I don't want to be doing this forever. 
you know, at some point I want to maybe move on to something else or or grow in a capacity, but it's not going to allow me to grow if I'm continue to always have to be the the only person that can do what I do. So that being the case, you found very early on that having a passive income to be able to grow while you're doing your thing with with your hands and, and consulting and talking to people that it's also growing alongside you. Uh, I think that's extremely intelligent for you. And again, it's it's a, a strong sense that you have for business to be able to see that ahead of time and be able to get that going so early on versus so many right now are like, okay, what do we do now? Uh, we want to stay open. We want to continue on, but how are we going to do this? And they're just now having, um, I think that also goes well to your, you know, kind of go-to saying, which is just do it. You know, you've got to, you got to start somewhere. You, you can't just go, well, I'll do that later on. Well, later on might not be here. You might not have a later on. So you might as well start it when you can and get it going. So very, very wise. All right. What is the current or last book that you have read or you are currently reading? And why did you pick that book to read? Uh, it's a book called Radical Acceptance by Dr. Tara Brook. And the book is just talking about how we go into these trances and hypnotic places of feeling unworthy because the whole society has the kind of the advertisement that we see on TV uh, is taking us in a trance that we're not good enough. So we need all these other things in order to feel better. So I'm exploring that part in myself and also in my clients, because I believe that in order for us to take our power back and claim who we truly are, we need to radically accept where we are and accept ourselves. I believe that transformation is only possible when we fully accept where we are and who we are. So that's why I chose that book. I'm still reading it. And I'm hoping to, uh, first of all, get more comfortable accepting myself, but also uh, teaching that to my patients to accept and love themselves unconditionally. Hmm. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, all right. So last question is, what is your go-to quote? What is the, you know, you're having a tough day and uh, you're just like, ah, I, I just, I can't, I gotta, I gotta call it a day. I just gotta throw in the towel, not permanently, but just today. Uh, what's that go-to quote for you that you've got seared inside of your mind, or maybe you have it plastered all over the place that you can see easily when those moments come up? What is that quote for you? The two things that comes up is just do it, as I have been saying, and also the universe loves me. And to just know that God loves me, the universe loves me, no matter what happens, I'm going to be protected. I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be helped. That keeps me going. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. All right. So to learn more about the work that Dr. Tara Rasta at Connect Wellness is doing, visit IgniteRadioShow.com and look for her episode, the very one that we're having the conversation you're listening to right now. There you can find the recording, as I just mentioned, of the conversation we just had, as well as any information you may need to get in touch with her. I hope the information that Dr. Rasta shared today helped light the fuse inside of you and ends up taking your business to the next level. I'd like to thank our guests today, our production team, our engineering team, and most of all, all of you listening. Until next week, I'm your host, Josh Wilhelm. Have a great and successful rest of your week, everybody.